Welcome to the Designer Practice Podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Das, and I am a Canadian social worker, business coach, and private practice owner. I love all things systems, strategies, and step-by-step processes, helping therapists and coaches design a private practice that doesn't only provide practice profitability, but also the time freedom that they had initially set out to achieve. In this podcast, we'll discuss everything from private practice startup to passive income to building automated systems so that you spend less time inside of your practice and more time outside of it doing the things that you love. Let's dive in. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to share with you the program that I use for selling digital courses and launching my podcast, Kajabi. Kajabi is a one-stop shop for online businesses who want to sell digital courses or memberships, launch and monetize a podcast, or even just start a website with easy-to-use templates. To receive your free 30-day trial of Kajabi, check out kayladas.com forward slash kajabi. That's kayladas.com forward slash K-A-J-A-B-I. Welcome back, everyone, to the Designer Practice Podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Das. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about my absolute favorite topic, passive income streams. I'm going to share with you 15 possible passive income streams for your therapy or coaching practice. And I'm going to talk a little bit in detail on how you can integrate some of these into your practice if they are something that aligns with your vision or mission. As you've probably heard me talk about before, passive income, in my opinion, is really the key to obtaining autonomy, flexibility, financial and time freedom in our private practices. And it's because it can help us step away from constantly hitting what I call the income glass ceiling. And the income glass ceiling is essentially when we continue to hit a specific income bracket or a specific income range based on the work that we do. So when we think of the income glass ceiling, when we're providing one-to-one services, we can only make a max amount of money based on the hour or 50 minutes or whatever the specific time frame that you provide for your practice is. Whereas passive income is where we can make an unspecified amount of money with an unspecified amount of time. And if you're interested in learning more about kind of the background of passive income and the income glass ceiling, you can always go back to episode three of the Designer Practice Podcast. So you can go to kayladas.com forward slash episode three, where I talk about passive income and how it can grow your practice. So in today's episode, like I said, I'm going to share with you 15 passive income streams, but I do have them in categories. So The first category that I'm going to talk about is groups. When we think of groups, I often get the question, is groups passive income? And I guess it really depends on how you look at it, but I look at it as yes, it is. Even though with groups, you physically have to be available and you have to be there, you can avoid the income glass ceiling because you can essentially have as many participants in your groups as you want or that is viable. So depending on what the group is, 
You can have 10 people, you can have 20 people, you can have 100 people. So really you can get more income by providing groups and say you could doing one-to-one sessions because the hour that you spend in the one-to-one session has a maximum amount of money, whereas you can have multiple people paying for whatever your group is and that can help you increase your income. And what I love about groups too is they often are more affordable, more accessible to certain people as well. So you can actually decrease your price from what your one-to-ones typically would be and you can still make more money. So the first group is a therapy group. If you're a therapist, you can provide group therapy, you can have a certain amount of clients, whatever fits the space that you're in or that fits your specific approach, but you can create a therapy group. Maybe you're a therapist who has a background in clinical supervision. Clinical supervision is really great, especially now. Something that I've noticed, there is a shortage of clinical supervisors, at least from what I've seen here in Canada. Finding a clinical supervisor is important, but providing one-to-one clinical supervision often fills up a therapist's caseload. And when we think of that caseload, often therapists love the act of therapy. So if you want to create a clinical supervision group, you can really fit the shortage of clinical supervision, you can make more income, and you can also help train other therapists This can really be helpful. And especially when we think of private practice where a lot of therapists end up paying for clinical supervision upfront, providing group clinical supervision, very similar to what I mentioned with therapy, is your rate can be less, but you can still make more. Another is group mastermind, webinars, or even training programs. Maybe you have a specific specialty or area of practice you can create a group or a training program that can help educate others. Maybe it's just a webinar that you share with people. This is another great way of serving multiple people, but only showing up for a specific amount of time. Finally, with groups, a membership experience. So often membership experiences are usually a monthly basis, although of course anyone can charge on a bi-weekly basis, quarterly basis, whatever works for you in your practice. But what differs between a membership experience than say the other type of groups is that a membership experience, you pay per month, for instance. So what people have access to is a specific community or group of people. And this membership experience at any time that they can cancel, there's no requirement for them to stay into this program or this community. Now we're going to go into selling products. And this could be digital products or physical products. So depending on you, your vision and what you offer in your practice, a physical product could be essential oils. It could be a book. Really, it could be anything. Then there are digital courses. So we're getting into digital products now. So I am going to break down digital products into digital courses and digital templates. Digital courses are when we create a course, just like university and someone created a PowerPoint and taught you something. A digital course is very similar where you share your knowledge about a specific area or topic, but what you do is you pre-record it and then you sell it over and over. So I have a digital course teaching people how to write their Psychology Today profiles. 
So if someone were to buy my course, I've already had that recorded. I've already worked through that. So basically when people buy it, they pay a certain amount of money, they get access to the course, they learn the strategies, and then they apply those strategies. But once you pre-record a course, you have the ability to sell it over and over. Digital templates, which I also sell in my business, is a little different. So digital courses is something that you're teaching someone, whereas a digital template is that you're giving someone a template that they can use to help them in some way. So let me give you an example. One of my digital templates is a psychotherapy bundle. So the psychotherapy bundle has client consent forms, has client intake forms, therapy note templates. So basically you're providing something to someone that can help make their lives a little easier. When it comes to digital courses and digital templates, when people say they sell digital products or they sell digital courses, really what they mean is that they're selling a license for use. So when you sell a template or you sell a course to someone, they aren't essentially buying the course. Like they can't take that template or they can't take that course and start using it wherever they want, putting it on their website or sharing it with their friends, like the content with their friends. But what they're doing is they're buying a license for use in whatever capacity you provide that. Of course, my digital templates are for business use. So when people buy my psychotherapy bundle, they have permission to use it within their business. It's important to know that when we say selling a digital course or template, it doesn't mean you're selling the course to someone, you're selling a license for use to someone. Next is books, eBooks or workbooks. When you create a book, an ebook or a workbook, you can then sell this over and over, whether it's on Amazon, whether it's on Barnes and Noble, really anywhere that you wanna sell your book, you can sell your book. And what I love, and this is something that not a lot of people really think about, but I wanna put this out in the world. If you're starting to create digital templates and your goal is to create a workbook at some point, you can create digital templates or digital therapy templates for clients or just to sell wherever you want to sell them. And eventually, as you start building up your template shop, you can then start creating a workbook. Because one of the things that prevent people from, say, writing a book or creating a workbook is the overwhelm, right? Wanting to be at step one and trying to get to step 100. But what you can do is you can create templates, list them on Etsy, um, list them on your website. I mean, really, wherever you want to list them. And you can even give them free to existing clients as homework and things like that. But as you build it up, then you're building your workbook simultaneously. And then also, if you have a, a template shop, you make money while you're building your workbook. So I think that's a really great way to move towards those dreams if that is your dream. So finally, with selling products is selling a monthly subscription service. Now, this differs a little bit from the membership experience that we've talked about in the group section, because a subscription service is a product to something. So someone is paying a monthly fee to receive access to a product or a bunch of products that they are paying a monthly fee for. So the difference between a subscription fee and a membership fee is a membership is access to a group or community, although it might have some physical or digital products connected to it. For the most part, it's the community that people are paying for. But when it comes to subscriptions, basically what they have access to is products. 
So again, whether it's physical, whether it's digital, they're just having access to a specific product or group of products on a monthly basis. Hey, are you thinking about selling a digital course, a paid membership, or maybe even start your own podcast? Then you'll love the all-in-one program that I use, Kajabi. Before joining Kajabi, I spent hundreds of dollars on different programs to optimize my passive income. I had dozens of websites bookmarked in my internet browser just to stay organized, and I still felt I was wasting so much time with manual work. But now with Kajabi, I save time and money so that I can continue to share my content easily. Actually, Kajabi made it so easy for me to start my podcast that it only took me 45 minutes to start, list, and launch the Designer Practice Podcast. If you're ready to receive your free 30-day trial of Kajabi, check out kayladas.com forward slash Kajabi. That's kayladas.com forward slash K-A-J-A-B-I. Now back to our episode. So the next category is monetizing free content. And honestly, I don't think we do this enough. I think out of all of them, this is my favorite. It's the one that I use the most is providing value to people, but monetizing it so you can get money. And you might be thinking right now, you're like, okay, this sounds great, but like, how do I do that? So there's four ways that you can monetize your free content. You can essentially monetize a blog. So start a blog on your website, start a podcast, monetize your podcast, start a video blog, whether it's on YouTube or on your website, or you can even monetize some social media platforms and social media posts. Now I am not an expert in the social media monetization piece, but I know it's possible. I have not personally monetized my social media platforms well, but when it comes to blogging and podcasting, I do monetize my free content. So for anyone who's probably been following me for a while, I've been blogging for about two years prior to starting this podcast. This podcast is very new, but I've been blogging for several years. And through my blogs, I monetize them. I have ads on them. When people land on my blogs, I get paid for it. I have affiliates, I have sponsorships. And then of course I even sell my own products, right? Whether it's my digital templates, my digital courses, or even just my one-to-one services in my blogs. So this is how we monetize free content. And going back to my podcast, and if you've been listening to my podcast, you've probably heard some of my ads and my ads help monetize my podcast so that I can continue to give you free content. But what I love about providing free content, and this is probably the core of my business, is I believe when you give true value to people, they want to give back. They want to, you know, purchase something from you, whether it's you directly or whether it's through an ad or even when we think of blogging, adding ads to my website, you don't have to buy anything, but I get paid for you to land on my website. So all of this is really great because you can continue to give all that free content. You build trust with your ideal clients when they land on your website, you're helping people and you're making money. So if you're thinking about adding blogging, podcasting, video blogs, or monetizing your social media platforms, what I do is I come from the perspective, how can I help you? Because if I came here and provided absolutely no value, are you going to come back and listen to this podcast or read my blogs or search me on social media? The answer is no. So what I love about free content is providing true value 
but then of course monetizing it so that you can get income into your practice. So now we're gonna move on to hiring. This one can be quite scary for many therapists, but really you're only one therapist in your private practice. And of course, when we're hiring, we're starting making more of a group practice kind of feel to it. And as your practice gets busier, your schedule starts filling up. So hiring other therapists, whether it be contractors or employees, can really help you grow your practice and bring in more income. Many therapists worry about hiring someone in their private practice because they worry that they're not going to be able to provide sustainable referrals. That's why I like the concept of hiring contractors. And now I'm not talking about a contractor as hiring an employee as a contract. That's different. But hiring a contractor essentially means that you're hiring another company, which is typically a private practice owner, to do a specific task as long as that tasks exist. So when we as therapists hire other private practice owners to do therapy or whatever service it is we provide in our business, essentially we are hiring them as a company, so under their private practice, for them to do a task for us. And why I love this is because as long as your contract clearly identifies what the work expectations are between you, your practice, and then of course the contractor, there is a clear understanding that if work ebbs and flows, that you as the private practice owner or the group practice owner isn't required to always have work available. And this is why contractors have different expectations than employees. So when we think of an employee, we're thinking of someone that we are hiring in our business who is working for us. Whereas when we hire a contractor, we are hiring a business to do a specific task to help us in our business. And that's why many contractors have private practices and often have multiple other contracts simultaneously. So I love, especially when you're starting off, having a contractor and seeing how that goes, but really clearly identifying in your contract that it's as work exists. Yeah, when we think of hiring, this is where we really see the big growth, especially when we think of therapy practices, whether it's massage therapy, occupational therapy, physiotherapy, psychotherapy, regardless of whatever therapy you provide, as you start building your business, you're also able to serve more clients, which means you're going to have more income coming in than you as an individual can do. So this is the final one, renting out any unused office space that you have. So maybe you have an office space that you work in maybe 40 hours a week during the weekdays, nine to five, and your office remains empty on evenings and weekends. You might be able to recuperate rental income by renting your office space out to another professional. One of the biggest things that actually prevent many therapists from starting a private practice is the worry of being held to a full-time lease and maybe not even needing that lease. So you could rent out part-time or even casually, say by the hour, to one or multiple therapists or professionals, doesn't necessarily need to be a therapist, so that you can recoup rental income and also providing a colleague the opportunity to start and even grow their private practice in the meantime. 
Now, it's important to really understand, do you own the space? Are you leasing the space? Are you allowed to sublease the space? So there's some considerations to think about when you are renting out your space or subleasing your space. But if you look into some of these things, you may be able to recoup some rental income. So that is our 15 passive income streams for therapy and coaching practices. I'm going to review them again. So first is group therapy programs, group clinical supervision, group mastermind webinars or training programs, monthly membership experiences, selling physical products, selling digital courses, selling digital templates, selling books, ebooks, or a workbook, monthly subscription services, blogging, podcasting, creating a video blog, monetizing your social media platforms where possible, hiring other professionals in your business, and finally, renting out unused office space. I just want to also share a freebie that I have. If you're thinking, oh, which passive income stream will work best for me in my private practice? I have a free quiz. It's called the Passive Income Personality Quiz. So you can check it out at kaladas.com forward slash passive hyphen income hyphen quiz. You can also scroll down to the show notes and check it out there as well. And when you take the quiz, you'll receive personalized results on which passive income stream best fits your personality and private practice. All right. Thank you everyone for listening to today's podcast. I hope that it provided value for you on your way out. If you haven't already, I would love if you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcasting platform and I'll see you next time. Bye for now. Please be advised that the podcast advertisements and links in this episode may be affiliate and or sponsor links where Evaspare Inc. and the Designer Practice Podcast receive compensation for sales or signups made through link clicks. This helps the Designer Practice Podcast continue to provide free and valuable content to you each week. Thank you and we appreciate your support.